Welcome to Destinations with Deborah Howell. Today's guest is Ted Diamantes. He is from Diamond Wine Importers in Chicago. Welcome, Ted. Hi, Deborah. How are you? So good. So good. I hear you, uh, you're located in Chicago, and I just got back from the Windy City. Well, yes, we are a homebred company here in Chicago, and uh, we're happy to be here. We love this city, and I hope you had a great trip in. I had the best time. We went to, uh, I don't know if you've been to the Baton Show there. <laughs> oh, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I know it's moved locations. It used to be a fixture downtown in the River North area, Yeah, and I know they recently moved, but yeah, that's absolutely one of the most uh, unique entertainment venues of our city. Totally great time. For those who don't know what the Baton Show, it's it's a wonderful and high-quality drag show, and uh, we have a blast at that. We did a Segway tour of Lakeshore Drive. We were on the lake. We were at Navy Pier. We went to pizza. We did Second City. You have a fabulous town. Well, thank you. We think we have a great city as well. And I'm, I'm, it sounds like you had good weather too, so I'm well, glad. Well, yes and no. <laughs> it is <laughs> well, Chicago. Yeah. We have pretty inconsistent weather, but when it's nice, it's nice. That's right. And then those are golden, golden days. You know where it's always nice? Where? Greece. Yes, it is. <laughs> we do have a great, great climate there, a great, beautiful place. Tell us your connection with Greece. Okay. My connection with Greece is uh, through my nationality uh, and my heritage, my ethnic heritage. Uh, I'm a first-generation Greek kid, uh, born and raised in Chicago. My parents uh, migrated to the United States in the mid-50s, and uh, their uh, provenance from Greece is Athens, but uh, nobody really is from Athens. Somebody comes from somewhere else in Greece. So my mom's side of the family came from a tiny little island called Kimolos, which is next to the island of Milos, which people are familiar with because that's where they discovered the uh, Venus de Milo, the statue that's in the Louvre. Right. comes from that island. And then my dad's provenance is uh, from southern Greece in the mountains of southern Greece in the Arcadia region. So um, that is my connection to Greece. Most of my direct first degree and second degree family all lives in Greece today as well. So all the wine that you import comes directly from Greece? Yes. I created this company back, oh God, I'm aging myself a little bit about 26 years ago. <laughs> uh, and we kind of myopically focused on uh, the emergence of boutique Greek wines that even in Greece was a new phenomenon Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, Greece's wine renaissance was just starting in the mid-80s and uh, I had moved myself to Greece post-university uh, and post-corporate America, which was not suiting my personality very well. Yeah. And I decided to uh, take a venture of traveling around Europe and base myself out of Greece. And this was also at the advent of the European community, the EU, because the EU was launched officially in 1992. So um, uh, when I went to Greece, I kind of discovered by chance uh, this emergence, new vibe and pioneering young winemakers that had a new vision for Greek wine. So I kind of got inspired and dove right into it back then. And then since then, we have a bigger footprint in Greece. Um, and we work now with some of the pioneers in the Greek wine industry, which is now kind of taking the world by storm over the last mostly 10 years in terms of international recognition, even though I've been trying to do it for 26. Mm-hmm. Guess I was a little bit ahead of the curve. Uh, but finally, the curve caught up to me. So. <laughs> I love it. And tell people why they would be wrong if they still turn their nose up at the notion of Greek wine. 
Well, they'd be wrong because they obviously haven't had the right experience with it. Greek wines have a historical relevance to the wine industry. Um, so from that aspect, it's just worthy of being in your repertoire of wine drinking just to understand where the whole wine industry emerged from and viticulture and codified rules of winemaking started all in this place called Greece. Uh, but flash forward to today, the relevance of Greek wines today is that Greece still to today is one of the most unique viticulture regions in the world and one of the most exemplary re regions in the world just because of geology and geography and because of the ecosystem of the region. So we have some of the best growing conditions in the world. We have some of the best soil profiles in the world. We also have 300 plus indigenous varieties that are unique only to Greece. Wow. But they contributed to spawning many other varieties that people would consume from other parts of the world today. We have a high level of quality wines in terms of our percentage of wines that are produced from smaller producers is greater than the bigger countries. So we have much more artisanal production, much more organic farming, natural farming. We have small production wineries. We don't have huge mega farms or mega producers in Greece uh, just because of our terrain. We're 85% mountainous region. We're the third most mountainous country in Europe. So diving into a Greek wine, the modern Greek wine industry, is a great experience for a wine drinker because you'll get unique flavors, but not flavors that are off the beaten path that are, that are bizarre. They are traditional flavors. If you enjoy Italian wine, if you enjoy Spanish wines, you find a common note in Greek wines. And we also provide probably some of the most diverse and deepest collection of white wine profiles in any other part in the world as well. One of the great, great aspects of Greece is our price quality ratio. High quality wines at a much more affordable price point that you would in other regions that are more developed or more well known due to marketing rather than the connection with the actual cost of production. There you go. That's a bunch of good reasons to rediscover yeah. boutique Greek wines. Well, thank you for that. Now, besides wines, so much history, so much culture, so much happening in Greece. Take us to your favorite part of Greece. Wow, that's so hard to do. Greece is a small country. It's only about 44,000 square miles, so roughly the size of New York State. It's so compact and so full of unique regions and histories and diversity uh, that it's hard to pinpoint one place. But... <laughs> uh, if I had to, I will tell you two places, actually, Okay. because we have to combine mainland and islands because we also have 700 plus islands that are all unique to, uh, to onto themselves with their unique history and profile and diversity of culture and foods. And that's one thing that I always want to stress. Greece is diverse. It's not one broad brush stroke. It's about the detail. It's about small brush strokes. Because even though we're a small country, we, we have cultural diversity, regional diversity in terms of our foods, of our wines. And uh, so two of my favorite places, of course, one would be one that my father is from, from that region, southern Greece, which we consider Peloponnese. Mm -hmm. And I love that region because of its historic relevance. It is the birthplace of the Linear B Greeks, which is the Greeks that we identify with historically in terms of the Athenians, the Spartans, and all the mythology that was born out of that emergence of that culture, uh, which was ignited in, in Peloponnese region, Arcadia region, and southern Peloponnese. That region is also one of the most important red wine regions of Greece in, a, in an appellation called Nemea, uh, which is one of the oldest appellations in history and on the planet. That is a, uh, a region that's mountainous. It's um, not far from the sea. 
It is only roughly 20 miles inland, uh, so we have huge maritime influence, but we have these phenomenal soil profiles and high elevations, and the variety of that region is Ayurgitico. One of the challenges of Greek wine is, of course, the pronunciation of the, of the varieties, <laughs> but as, a, as an American, we love challenges, and we love to know something more than our neighbor does. So uh, mm. what I found over the years is that even though 26 years ago, people were going, oh my God, it's going to be so difficult for Greek wines to be popular in the United States because people can't pronounce it. Well, flash forward to today, I have consumers coming up to me and saying, I are to So it's exciting because I, as a, again, as an American, if we like something, we figure it out and we get command of it. And I've seen that evolution. So Southern Greece, Peloponnese, uh, Nemea region is one of my favorite regions. There's a beautiful little town called Nafplion, uh, which was the original capital of free Greece after the uh, liberation from the Ottoman Turks. Could you spell that town for me? Absolutely. N-A-F. P-L-I-O, Nafplio. Okay. And you'll find various different spellings. Some spellings might have the N at the end, some don't. So Nafplion, N-A-F-P-L-I-O, is a phenomenal port city built by the Venetians from the uh, 12th century all the way into the 15th and 16th century. And it's situated in a very in a geographically perfect position because uh, besides its internal beauty as this beautiful old town uh, with an actual Venetian piazza in the middle of the town and a mm. castle that sits on top of it, within a half hour drive, you're in red wine region and beautiful red wine region of Nemea. Within a half hour, you're in the Mycenaean ruins, which is uh, one of the birthplaces of the ancient Greek culture. Within a half hour, you're in phenomenal beaches. And everywhere around there, you have great, great food from seafood to inland food to everything you can imagine. So it's a perfect location. And it's only an hour and a half away from Athens, so which is the main urban area of Greece. So it's like the proximity of San Francisco to Napa Valley. Perfect. So you just uh, rent a car uh, and go. Just rent a car and go and base yourself out of there and do little excursions. But it's a, that's why it makes it one of my favorite places. My other favorite place in terms of wine is Santorini, which is everybody's favorite place these sure. days. It's a graphically beautiful island. It's the last super volcano to erupt in Earth's history. And that happened in 1620 BCE. But what it did for viticulture and unique viticulture created this very barren landscape of volcanic ash and lava rock soils, a very dry atmosphere, one of the driest growing regions in, in the world in terms of no humidity, no rainfall. But it created this area with the oldest variety in the world, the Sirtico, being cultivated there for over 5,000 years. And this makes it a unique viticulture region and historic to create wines in this very harsh environment and white wines that tend to have high complexity and also have huge ageability. So it's taken the world by storm. Mm -hmm. In the last 10 years, we've been importing wines from a great producer named Domaine Sigalas. Uh, for 15 vintages, and he's kind of become one of the benchmark producers for white wine in the world because of what he's accomplished on that island using this ancient variety. And also on this island, we have the oldest DNA vines in the world that date back 3,500 years that uh, the Vincentonians cultivated vine to vine for all that time. Mm. There is uh, no vine diseases on the island because that's why it's been able to be done this way. And so it is a living museum of wine. Now, a little note to that, even though Santorini is graphically beautiful because of the volcano, it created beautiful cliffs. And this is the island you see on many magazines and photographers use as a backdrop with the whitewashed homes on cliffs. This is probably the place they, they obtain those background shots. Mm-hmm. 
the one caveat about this island that because how beautiful it is and because the wine industry that's on here, which is a very small industry, this island is only 35 square miles roughly. So we have very small production. We also have 4.8 million tourists now coming to the island. Wow. So it does create a little bit of a, of a chaotic scene because everybody found out about it and everybody wants to be there and everybody wants to sit yeah. on the cliffs. <laughs> and everybody wants to drink our wine. And but, sing all the songs for Mamma Mia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, so I would, if anybody wants to go there, I would recommend trying to go off season and not during the season. But I would absolutely encourage anybody to try the wines of Santorini because they are some of the most important and most historic white wines in the world. Ted, you are just a fountain of information. What's your favorite restaurant in Santorini that you like to go to? Oh, God. Another tough question. <laughs> Deborah, you're killing me. <laughs> Come on. Uh, all right. One of my favorite ones is that is a pioneer on the island for doing elevated food that is, is cultivated on the island, which is not that much because, as I said, it's a very, an island that's very, very dry right. and, uh, and barely no trees. But everything you grow on that island, super concentrated flavors. Uh, Celine, S-E-L-E-N-E. Gentleman Yorgos was a founder of that restaurant. He was a visionary. He opened up a gourmet. If it was in the United States, it would be a two or three star Michelin restaurant. And it uh, is a phenomenal place to have a really great, serious course meal of multi Santorini uh, inspired dishes. I, it's a great experience. But there's been so many great restaurants in the last few years that have opened up on Santorini. One of my other really great favorite restaurants in the little village of Ia, OIA, which I think is the most graphically beautiful of all the villages on Santorini. Uh, it's called Scala, S K A L A, which mm-hmm. means steps. They do a fantastic job as well. So um, if you're in Ia, I would hit up Scala. If you're in uh, the southern part of the island, Celine is fantastic. And there are so many others that I'm leaving out that I am definitely going to hear about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'll just have to come back and we'll hit on everybody. (laughs) Now, I always like to throw a bone to the adventurers listening. So I'm guessing Santorini is not the place you want to scuba dive or or do big hikes. So maybe you could take us to the island that would be perfect for that. You know, the islands that I love for your adventurous people. I always encourage people to go to Santorini just for two to three days, just experiences and check the box, but also to enjoy the gastronomic experience of Santorini. But the islands that we go as Greeks are not Santorini. We go to islands that are less traveled to and we like our, we like our beaches. So a couple of our secret islands are Milos, where I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Kimolos, which my mother comes from. Uh, those are some of the most less known off the beaten path, but are absolutely destination points for the people that are in the know. And those two islands have scuba diving and they have great hikes. They have great villages, mountains. And the whole thing about all most Greek islands, 99% of them, they're mountain peaks. So it's always great hiking. Kimolos is fantastic. And it's very under visited by international tourists. So you get a really great Greek experience. And then the other little island I would also send people to is Skinusa, which is spelled S-C-H-N-I-O-U-S-A, I believe. Okay. And that's a tiny little island that is not that easy to get to, but it is worth the experience. And there's a little neighboring island next to it called Kufonisia. So those are all under the island of Naxos, and they're tiny little islands. And you'll find most of the Greeks in the know, that's where they're hanging out, or Kimolos and Milos. And Milos also has an airport, so you can fly right into there. It's a great island. It has some of the best beaches in all the Aegean. And if you're super, super adventurous, there is the largest uninhabited island in the 
Aegean is right next to it, literally uh-huh. a mile and a half away, that has the most phenomenal beaches with nobody on them and turquoise blue waters. And you can just rent a boat from Milos or Kimilos and scoot over there and have a wonderful experience, a unique experience that you'd be telling your friends about. See, but don't tell everybody because actually I'm doing damage to the <laughs> island by telling you this. <laughs> and that island's called Poliagos. P-O-L-Y-G-I-O-S. You really find it on the maps, even though it's right next to Milos and Kimilos because it's uninhabited and only the yachters and the sailors know about it. So, Well, that fits in perfectly because I have my own private yacht and so do every one of my listeners. So we just (laughs) fly in on our helicopter to that little private airport and uh, we'll be on our way. It's an amazing, beautiful place. And uh, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it because it's such a special place that um, not a lot of people know about. So that's a big inside secret for you guys. Well, you have been in a stellar guest, Ted Diamantis of Diamond Wine Importers out of Chicago and, of course, out of Greece. Tell us how we can reach you and how people can uh, get a hold of these beautiful boutique Greek wines. We're distributed throughout the country. And if you go to our website at diamondwineimporters.com, you can email us at our email address at info at diamondwineimporters.com. Tell us where you live and we'll direct you to our local distributor. They will connect you to your local retailer. Unfortunately, we're not allowed by federal law to sell directly to consumers, but we can point you in the right direction. You can also follow us on our Instagram account. We have a lot of great information on our Instagram um, and also a lot of great pictures. So our Instagram account would be under my name, Ted underscore Diamantis, or you can also find it through Diamond Wine Importers uh, and our Facebook at Diamond Wine Importers as well. A lot of great info and press about our wines, about Greece and where to eat and what to do. You can find it all to those three um, uh, social media outlets. We look forward to hearing from your listeners and helping them out because we want to make sure that everybody has a great experience when they go to Greece. And the one great thing, Deborah, that we didn't mention, all our wineries, and we have 10 wineries, boutique wineries, and we work throughout Greece, have great visiting facilities, tasting rooms, and they're all in the most beautiful places on the planet. Mm. And they're in northern Greece, on Santorini, on the island of Crete that we didn't talk about. It's absolutely a magnificent place as well. So where your listeners go, we have a winery near them and it's an absolutely they will have a great time because our wine partners or winery partners are great great hosts and you'll have a great experience if you are if you're out there so please come and join us ted twist my arm hope i did (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for being just a stellar guest today ted diamantis of diamond wine importers out of chicago thank you thank you deborah have a wonderful day you too